0: Everybody, welcome to episode two seven one of the Bite Me podcast. Colby looked at me weird when I said that. I don't I'm, like I'm that. looking at Facebook. So. Oh, never mind then. Colby looked at Facebook weird. What, 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 what was weird on Facebook, Col? I don't know. Oh, all right. Anyway, I'm here. Uh, Cliff, Colby's here because you heard him talk and look at Facebook. Dylan, are you here? I'm here. Fantastic. We're all here. Hey, hey, the gang is all here. What? <coughs> people say we monkey around i, I kind of like kind of love the monkeys
1: they they came here like i enjoy that you changed i kind of like the monkeys and you
0: stopped yourself Wait, like, nope no, nope. i love the monkeys I, I do love the monkeys actually i really like i've seen the monkeys in concert um they came like two months ago and i we almost went but it was kind of like covid plus like the tickets were kind of expensive plus like half of them are dead well, that's the thing, though, is then, like, right after they came, another one of them died, so there's only one monkey left. <laughs> so, but I think if I'd seen only him... Only one
2: monkey.
0: Yeah, when I saw him, um, like, 20 years ago, 20, no, like, 26 years ago, um, one of them wasn't there, and he was touring now, so I could have, like, completed my monkeys collection, but... No, one of them wasn't there. Brooke thinks we've seen the monkeys in concert twice. We have not. It's okay. We have not. Anyway,
2: hey hey, it's gonna be a long night, monkey. You know what my favorite
0: monkey? It? You know what my favorite monkey line is? It, my favorite like song is "The Shaving Razor's Cold and It Stings." That's the first like line to the end of the first verse of uh, "Sleepy Jean." I don't know what that song's called. Yeah. Anyway, it's bad, bad line, super bad line. Anyway, we're gonna talk about video games today. Uh, we're gonna talk about what we've been playing. Colby and I played some of the same stuff. Yay! Woo! Uh, we're talking about Stadia Man? Like What? Just, just <laughs> what's that? Just take it out behind the woodshed and I'm just gonna
1: point out, when Stadia came out, did we not all say like, this seems like something that will just like, you know, fall to the wayside and This we'll isn't just gonna kill
0: it. work. It's, just, it's a bummer. It's good technology. I wish they'd figured out a way to do it. Uh, Steam Deck might get a boost from the fact that it uses fancy little AMD uh, video card processor doohickeys. Uh, PlayStation, this is weird. So, everyone was kind of wondering, like, what is? why does PlayStation want to buy Bungie? Um, like, what's the deal there? And then they announced that they want to get 10 live service games into production or to be done by 2026, which, first of all, is very soon. And Weird, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, the Switch has officially outsold the Wii, um, which is, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of Switches, y'all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the
1: PS5 outsold the Wii U.
0: That is true. Yeah, they've sold more PS5s than they have Wii U's, which, I mean, it happens. Uh, GameStop is getting into NFTs because stunks aren't dumb enough, and Itch.io confirms that NFTs are dumb. So we've got, like like one thing just backing up the other is perfect and apparently uh, Warcraft is coming to mobile this is not as exciting as I thought it was gonna be and then I thought about it a little bit and and I even what I wanted I think would have been dumb so we'll talk about that in a minute yeah. we have we have two questions we did not get many questions this week I'm, I'm just gonna say if you want a question read on this you don't have to come to our discord you can hit us up on Facebook you can yeah I think you can email us there's a there's an email address uh, I don't remember what it is. I'll have to look it up. But <laughs> you can email us. You can go to our website, and it'll tell you how to email us. Um, you can send me a letter. Um, you could send me a fax. Close address is yeah, or a telegram. There's many ways you could ask questions. It, I don't think telegrams exist anymore. You could send me like a Western There's Union. Probably
2: specialty services out there. You
0: could you could Venmo me, and then put the the note for the the. The question in the note. Over the question in the note section. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways you can you can send a question. But anyway, we got two of them. That's, carrier that's enough. Pigeon? I th- car- I are carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeons—the the things that are extinct—or those—that's homing pigeons, right? Uh. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, you can just send me a pigeon. Uh, like you don't have to have a question. Just send a pigeon. Pigeons are great. Uh, we got some cheap free it's games. Clip a pigeon. The box, he opens up, he's like, oh, it's a, oh no. it's a dead pigeon, huh? I would prefer if you sent me a live pigeon. I don't Well, I, don't... I mean, it started out alive. Do you think it's real weird that you can mail birds? Yes. No. I think it's super weird. I... You
1: know what I find a lot weirder, Cliff? You can, you mail... can mail fish.
0: Yeah, or hamsters. I don't know. Uh, I think again,
1: the... all of those, Cliff, live in that area. Er- like, they live in an area that is full of air and things like that fish do not
0: yeah i mean i guess that's i I don't know i think the thing that weirded me out the most about that is they're like you can send someone chickens but we recommend that you know if you want them to get four chickens that you send like six or seven Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i just don't want to open up a box like where a third of the chickens are just dead the other chickens have been eating it and i'm like oh sweet now i guess i've got four cannibal chickens that's that's fantastic i I don't know. I just, no, that's not a good idea. Anyway, why don't we talk about what we've been playing uh, instead of chickens? Did you play a chicken by chance? Yes. Cool. All right, Colby played a chicken. Tell me about. A chicken? A chicken? A, 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 a,
1: a leha? A i I don't know. <laughs> o L I J H. J A. Yes. <laughs> it might be Elijah. I don't know. It might be Oliha. Yeah. I don't that's a, know. if that's if that's Elijah, that's Elijah from Utah,
0: like that's But
1: it's also a Japanese company, so oh
0: man, so it could be pronounced anyway. Like it, it could, could, like, it could I, literally I, be anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it is a literal like Japanese. Like I went to their Twitter, and it is all in Japanese. Like it that's, is not like you know.
0: <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Um, huh. all right. Yeah, so I do not know how to pronounce it. I'm gonna call it Elijah just because that's what I've been calling it. All right, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. Elijah's, uh, like, a action-adventure game that was on Game Pass sure. that uh, I decided to play because I it came on Game Pass, and I'm like, why does this have, like, three stars and I went and looked at the uh, ratings and almost all of the negative ratings were like, I'm tired of all this like Atari looking crap on game pass. Like if, if you release more of these, I'm going to stop my game pass.
0: (laughs) Um, You're like, Oh, well then I'm interested,
1: which I'm like, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I want. Like if they could put more on game pass, like I'll continue my subscription. I don't know if those cancel out, but, (laughs) um, so I decided to play it, and it's really good. So suck it, you one-star dipshits!
0: This um, is a very Atari look- like. I, at first, yeah. I was like, "Come on, like that." That's just like hyperbole, right? But no, this yeah. is this is a very it, Atari looking game. Except
1: for the backgrounds, it is yeah. like the backgrounds are much prettier than anything Atari could put out. Um, yeah. but like the characters and stuff all have that very Atari kind of look to them.
0: Um, well, this is probably like. Like I think the thing is, is like yes, but this nothing look that looked like this ever existed on any like eight oh, or no, sixteen no. bit console. It doesn't yeah.
1: look like that, yeah. but like it has the same uh, aesthetics yeah. of Atari. Like the people look like yeah. I mean, kind of like you know a, a pitfall, pitfall, pitfall character. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, yeah, I mean, like you know, it's like Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight could never be on the Nintendo or yeah. the Super the Nintendo, but are gorgeous, like, though. yeah, um. You are a, uh, a, like sailor or captain of a ship who, the boat sinks and you're taken to another like world that is inhabited by other people and you've got to find, essentially, the keys to get back to your own world and so you, you start out on like this island and you've got to go out to all these other islands and find like people and resources and by resources I mean like. Uh, stuff to like, kind of. You've got like a guy who makes you hats that help you do, you know, special things. Um, but you find a harpoon that's magical, oh, yeah. um, and so you use it to, you know, fight the bad guys. And like, it's just a really good, like, action adventure kind of game. I... Um, it it really did remind me of like, oh, this was would be like if you did like kind of, I don't know, pitfall on a newer console that could, you know, like it didn't have. I mean, it had that kind of vibe to it. It was yeah. just really good, and I, I'd like. It was one of those things. I started out. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a shot,
0: and it's just good. It's it's four and a half hours long too, which is right. Like that's such a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say go to again Elijah O L I J A dot com because their website is awesome. As you like, scroll down it. It shows like. It, it like fades from one scene of the game into the other. It's it's really, it's one of the cooler websites I've ever seen. It's actually really neat. I
1: haven't um, really, I haven't looked at it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cool
0: website, but no, it looks, this oh yeah. looks really cool. It's not yeah, neat. It,
1: yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, I think it's the intro to the game. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. It's just, it's got good combat. It's, it's just, it feels really good. Um, But again, it looks kind of like you would expect like a, a really good Atari or Commodore 64 game to look like.
0: For forty-five um, bucks on Steam, you can get Katana Zero, Elijah, and the Messenger. It's a pretty good deal. That for 45 bucks? Yeah. Is the it? Mes- <laughs> well, the Messenger's normally twenty. Katana Zero is normally fifteen. And Elijah's apparently normally Fifteen. So I mean, you save five dollars, I guess. Okay. So it's not 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 a spectacular deal, but you know, for some if you reason, don't have I game thought, pass. You know, I thought the uh, uh,
1: Katana Zero was ten dollars, yeah. normally, but nah. which is those are all very very good, good games. games yeah. yeah.
0: But no, this game looks real sweet. I'm 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 kind of interested to try this too. Oh.
1: I would I would really recommend it. Yeah, um, it's it's good. Uh, the other game I played was Dreamscaper. Um which is a roguelike that I actually enjoy. Which does not <laughs> happen very often. Um You plays like a girl who I think just moved to a new city. Um, and you're trying to kind of get like your life back together and sure. what it is is you've got a, a like a waking world and a dream world. And so you go and you lay in your bed and you go to the dream world. And that's oh, this where game all the combat yeah, yeah, takes yeah. place. Sorry, I did not um, mean to
0: interrupt you, but this game looks oh, no, really no, cool. you're
1: good. Uh, and so you go in and it's, I think there's six levels, and you go in and you battle people, but you get essentially like material that you can use in the real world to craft like items that you can then find in the dream world, but also do things like, like part of it is you're befriending people, um, you know, in this new town. And when you, you know, meet new people, you can, um, like they give you like bonuses, like you can select like, Oh, you're this, you know, friends with this person. And because of that, you can, you now get like 5% to defense. Um, and just, it, it's, it handles, it takes a lot of, like, roguelike things that I don't like and either minimizes them or fixes them altogether. Like, once you beat a boss, you don't have to fight them again if you don't want to. Oh, um, that's amazing. You, you can skip it. Now, if you skip it, you don't get, like, the stuff, the, the stuff that they would normally drop. But you don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, that being said, like, the bosses, once you kind of figure them out, you're like, oh, these are a lot easier than... I first thought they were. Like, I don't necessarily skip the bosses anymore because once you've beaten them, you're like, oh, this is how I beat them. Um, And uh, it's just, it's, again, like, they just do, like, every, like, kind of, you know, like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. They do this slightly differently so that, you know, it's not this just kind of grind that you're used to in games where, or especially in roguelikes where you're like, I have to do that again. Or like, man, I wish that carried over because in this game it kind of does, or you don't have to do it. Um, And it's just, Really good. Uh, again, like it was one of those things that I'm like, ah, huh? Game Pass, cool. This looks interesting. Yeah. And started playing it, and I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've, I can clear up to the fourth level pretty consistently, but just can't get past it. So, but uh, it's good. I really enjoy it. It's about somewhere between twelve and twenty hours. Nice. But uh, I'm having a good time playing
0: it. Speaking of uh, roguelikes, if you ever wanted to play, um Oh man, this is gonna be better back when I can remember the name of this game. That oh, will come back to me. I'll, I'll see if I can I can remember the name of the game I'm thinking of. It's roguelike. That's oh, real fun. Anyway. Did did you uh yeah, that's that's all. That's 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 it. Did you play anything this week you want to talk about, Dylan?
2: I had the intention of downloading that new Pokemon game and it just did not happen. That's um, all right. Which I'm kinda of sad about because I've heard pretty uh Yeah. I've heard uh, uh, People I trust have really enjoyed it, um, oh. so um, I'm, I'm gonna give it a try.
1: I'm kind of sad that like my kid likes Pokemon, but is not nearly as interested in Pokemon as she was. I don't know three weeks ago. Really? really? At, <laughs> yeah. No she she went straight into Super Mario Brothers. Like that's just, so weird. Kids are so little, strange. Like that. I I played a little bit of uh, Super Mario Party as well because. I got that, she got that on her birthday when she was like two, and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, And so I'm like, she's like, I love Super Mario. I'm like, you know, we have a Super Mario Switch game we could play together. (laughs) Um, That's fine. But but yeah, like I, she kind of dropped off like right after Christmas, right after we bought her a ton of Pokemon stuff for Christmas. She's like, Super Mario's cool. I'm like, but This brand new, two brand new Pokemon games you got for Christmas. She's like, "That's nice." I'm like, <laughs> I bought cool. her one of those games. You did. I and bought I, her the other one. Now I'm sad. So. <laughs> that's funny.
0: I uh, the game I was thinking about is Children of Mara, uh, which is yeah, a cool yeah. roguelike. like, um, and that's had co op like uh, split screen. Well, not even split screen, but like couch co op for a while. But it's getting on the PC. It's getting online co op on Valentine's Day. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, that game's really good and it's way, way, way more fun co-op. So if you're looking for a, a roguelike with a kind of a cool story, like a could good, good hook, um you can play co-op. Children of Mara is is one to to look out for. It's it'll come to PC with online co-op too, uh, or I'm sorry, console, but not for a bit. Like it's it's a couple months away. So we can play that in the future. Um, Colby and I did play uh, Nobody Saves the World Together, we which did. Colby's already talked a bunch about, but man, it's just so good. It's, uh, it's, and it's I love that game. It's super fun. It's, it's, uh... I would say it's like a Zelda-like, I guess. Um, it's probably kind of the closest. Um, but, like, Link to the Past Zelda. Um, do, do you think that's right, Cole? Is that...
1: I mean, yeah, but, like, I also think it's kind of Diablo-ish. Like, I mean, like, it's Zelda-like, but also kind of that, like, Diablo, you know, um... Yeah,
0: but it doesn't really have the loot, I don't think, of a Diablo. It doesn't,
1: but it does have, like, the class system. The kind of progression of of a Diablo, that's
0: true, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, but it's also really funny. Like, it's really funny, um... And I think it plays really good co-op. It's uh uh-huh. the kind of co-op it has is it's it's a hundred percent drop-in-drop out. So Colby has been dropping into my game, which means that every time he comes in, he does not bring his own character. They just give him essentially a character that's leveled to the same level that I am. Um, which is pretty cool because then I can play it like it actually is a great game for you to play if you've already played it before like Colby's already played it so he already knows what the story is so it's not a big deal that I'm playing it single player in between the times we play it co-op I just push the story forward a little bit more he comes in hangs out with me for a couple hours and then goes away and it's actually it's actually kind of nice because everything he does for my characters while he's playing actually they save their levels so like Colby said in the past it's a game where you can turn into a bunch of different characters but a lot of the it's kind of interesting because the game hinges on the fact that you can turn into a bunch of characters, but you don't really have to if you don't want to. A lot of the time, yeah. um, there are there are definitely places where you do need to turn into another character, but like I've played, I got the knight, and I've probably played eighty five percent of the game as the knight because I like him. I like how he, mm-hmm. how he, I like how he moves, I like how he the, works. The f-
1: funny thing is, is I did the exact same thing, and I I assume that the same happened to you about. I don't know, uh, you know, at some point in time, you'll find a new character and be like, oh, oh, (laughs) I like this one even more. And uh, then you'll find someone else who go like, oh, this one feels really good, too. And switch to that one.
0: But the cool thing is, is Colby can come in and play the characters I don't play. And each of them have character specific quests that they have to do. There are things that they have to do. And so he's able to then come in and do those quests Level up that character and also unlock the keys that we need to open up like the big dungeons um, without me having to do it. <laughs> so I can play the character I like. Colby can play characters that he probably likes. I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe I like he doesn't them. like them. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool too. Like Colby touched on this, but the ability to share like your... Uh, like passives amongst your characters is really interesting too. So you'll unlock a character that has another passive that you can take that passive and use it on your character, which is it's 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 hard to describe. Well, not only
1: passives but other things, too. yeah,
0: actives too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a until you actually do it, it's kind of hard to explain. But it's it's a really it's a really cool kind of complex game wrapped in this kind of super cartoony funny goofy package so really really well worth playing i, I really enjoyed a lot so nobody saves the world it's on uh game pass but you can also just buy it everywhere it's made by the same folks that made uh guacamelee which kind of gives you a, a hint at kind of the the humor and and not exactly the art style but like they have they're really good at very uh, kind of exaggerated art styles. And this has got a a lot of, like, very cartoony, very, like, stretchy characters. So it's good. Um, I also played the Falconeer that was leaving Game Pass. It actually leaves Game Pass a week from today. Um, It looked really interesting. uh, And it just... It wasn't for me. I played, like, uh, a mission. And maybe it gets better, but, like, that one mission did nothing to actually suck me into it. So it's uh, a... It... I don't think I realize that it's essentially just a flight sim, um, but instead of f- flight simming in an airplane, you're flight simming on a giant bird. Um, you do a lot of just like, all right, kill these other birds, and then, like, and now we fly to the next location, and then it's just you flying on this bird for, like, three minutes. <laughs> and then you... I want to
1: say that that's the game, though, that was made by, like, one person. It is... I don't know. It's to an extent. I mean
0: it is it is very much one of the like I actually as I was waiting for it to install or no, I was doing I don't know what I was waiting for, but I was I was reading about this one guy and it it honestly kind of was a bit of a turnoff where he's like, I'm a single developer. Well, except for all the things that I outsourced. <laughs> you know, it was kind of one of those like well, I mean I didn't do the music and like I didn't do any of the the like localization. I didn't do any of the console porting. I, you know, I build it for the PC and this other guy did all the actual work. He's like, I can't, I can't be bothered to do like Xbox certification or filling out forms. So I had this other guy do that. And I'm like, well, okay. Like I granted, yes, he did. He did the graphics. He did the gameplay, like wrote the story. Absolutely. Single dev. And it's a very impressive looking game for a single dev. But also was kind of one of those like I'm a I'm a solo developer except for all the places that I wasn't, um, so you know whatever. Um, but mostly I just thought it was kind of dull. Honestly, it wasn't. It was not super super anything. So, but anyway, you've got about by the time you hear this podcast, you've got about five days to play it on Game Pass. So I don't know. Go go try it. See if it's for you. And if it is, then. Buy it, I guess. (laughs) You'll get a 10% discount. Uh, Anyway... That is what we've been playing next we're going to talk about our wonderful patrons the people that fund this delightful podcast that you're listening to right now uh, if you are in the $10 tier of our patreon which you can join by going to bite slash patreon or patreon.com slash bite me podcast I'll let you choose uh, we will read your name on every episode of the podcast so big shout out to John Tippins Sean Palmer. Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr., Anonymous, and Rich Deacon. We really appreciate y'all uh, helping to support the podcast and, uh, you know, let us do things like pay for the software we use. It's fun stuff like that. Uh, again, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast to become a supporter. Uh, big shout out to all those folks and all of our other patrons as well. Uh, Dylan, you want to you wanna just let's let's go straight into this?
2: News!
0: It's very forceful. I liked that. That was that was very good. It's now. It's now. What it is now. now news is now. Uh, man, Stadia. I. It's they're a, doing great, right? Yeah, they're just 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 doing just doing great. So, you know, I think everyone at this point kind of knows what Stadia is, but I guess if you're unfamiliar due to the complete lack of news about it and. So on and so forth. Stadia was launched what two two years ago, three years ago, wow. as a as a streaming platform. And the, the the biggest problem that Stadia had is they had terrific tech. Like the tech of Stadia is very good. Like you can play games in <laughs> I think Chrome.
1: The biggest problem that Stadia has is that it was owned by Google.
0: Yeah, yeah, they. It, but but like like I said, the software is really good. Like I, the first time I played um, Assassin's Creed Origins, Odyssey, one of those in a Chrome browser. Like, I I, I mean, I remember I showed it to Dylan and Adam at the time. I'm like, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Origins, Origins, like on my MacBook Air via the internet. And it looks flawless, like very, very impressive. Um, and then it launched and they were like, well, we don't, you can't play in the games you already own. You have to buy games from us. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like a great idea. And this is going to cost me $10 a month, too. Um, and, and I mean, I think ultimately everybody's fear was exactly what's going to happen, is you were going to buy games on Stadia. Stadia was going to go out of business, or you know, Google was going to shutter Stadia, and you would not be able to access those games. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but Google announced this week that of the the number of people that work for them on the Stadia project, 20% of them are actually focused on making consumer level, they're working on the consumer version of Google Stadia. The rest of them are working on what they call uh, Google Stream, which is essentially the the business side of, of Google Stadia. So they wanna take this software, and instead of letting you play games on it, they want to license it to other companies. They're talking to Bungie. They're talking to Capcom. Oddly enough, they're talking to Peloton. I don't. I don't know what happens when a company with software they can't figure out how to use talks to Peloton, a company with exercise bikes that are driving it into bankruptcy. I'm, I'm not sure what the uh, what the goal there is, but you know, they're they're just talking to all these different companies and. and their hope is that they can license the software for other companies to use so you'll be able to like for instance Capcom wants to use it for what I've always thought would be brilliant we can put demos on this the software or we can put you know demos on stadia people can play them from anywhere and then you know eventually purchase them on the Xbox or the switch or whatever um, I just think it's a bummer that uh, that it got to where it was I mean I what what I would say would be the what, what would be the best case of this is if, like, Stadia could partner with Nintendo and use Stadia as... No, I mean, it makes sense, though. So there's already a bunch of games that don't run very well on the Switch, and they're already looking at cloud-based versions of things, right? So New Kingdom Hearts is entirely cloud-based. So why not partner with Nintendo to be the streaming partner for the Switch? Put all the Nintendo games on Stadia and let people play them that way. Um... It makes more sense to me than good what they're doing cuz that's not how Nintendo works. No, nah, it's not. It's a shame, but uh I don't know. I I don't there's no way Stadia makes it past this year as a consumer service. I would be shocked if they make it past this summer as a consumer service. It's just it's a shame because it's really good. It's really really good. Every time I've tried it, um it's great, but I mean, you know what they're saying is is that at the end of 2020, um they wanted to have a million active subs, and they missed that by twenty five percent. Like that's not a like, oh man, we're so close. That's a <laughs> oh shoot, <laughs> we we missed that real, real, real bad. But you know they they're saying that they're going to put a hundred new titles on it this year. So I maybe, but I I don't I don't no. anticipate this. <laughs> I don't anticipate this this lasting much longer, which is just a bummer. Like I said, it's it's a great technology that just didn't just didn't make it. So, uh, speaking of technology, that I guess we'll see if it'll make it or not. The Stream Deck is uh, launches, I think, uh, two weeks from today, a little little bit more, maybe. I think I think the first things start shipping the twentieth or the twenty first, right around there. So. Uh, people are going to actually start having Steam decks in the wild. Uh, there was actually a big, like one of the big things that happened this week is uh, they started showing, uh, there's this picture that went everywhere of a Steam deck next to PlayStation Plus. And they are shockingly bigger than PlayStation Plus. I know you've got bulk. How, do you have an idea how like uh, a PlayStation Plus compares to a Switch? Like smaller, obviously, but... Oh yeah, way smaller. Yeah. But like you could fit, I don't know three PSPs, four PSPs in a Steam Deck. Like, the Steam Deck is not a small piece of hardware um, in any way. A lot of people were very like, oh, God, that thing is monstrous. Oh, Colby's going to pull out his PSP or his, or his uh, Switch. Or both.
1: as uh, a Vita. Oh, wait, no, there's a PSP.
0: Yeah. It's so, like, how big would you say that thing is? Like, this is an
1: iPhone. Well, I should switch over. So I'm actually looking to see if I I'm can see it. the camera. Yeah. This is an iPhone.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, a PSP wow. is th- Okay. So this small. is actually fair. A PSP is freaking tiny. Like it's it's way smaller than Colby's iPhone 10 Max. So they're, they're actually smaller a, than I thought they were. Yeah, so 11. Oh, I thought you had Oh, I thought you know, you have a 12. You have a 12 Pro, don't you?
1: I don't know what I have. Yeah, well, you got something.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so to say that there's four of them, that's not terrible. That's really not bad. Um, But they're big, they're real big. But uh, that's actually not the news. The news is that uh, Steam Decks use AMD processors and video cards um, as much as they have discrete CPUs and video cards. And they announced today that that will support, uh, this name's so bad, Fidelity FX Super Resolution, uh, which is essentially NVIDIA's answer to DLSS, which is that fancy thing that lets you upscale graphics using less processors. So the good news is, is the Steam Deck's um, out of the gate, if a game supports, uh, we'll just call it FSR from now on, it will support it on the Steam Deck as well. And they're actually saying they're going to, uh, release a OS update to the Steam Deck that will let all games support uh, FSR. So it, it, what essentially that means is you're going to be able to run games better on a handheld that is not as powered. So it's good stuff. Um, it's actually really a uh, a good good news for folks that have a Steam Deck. Like I said, we, we're going to start seeing those things in probably two or three weeks. Mine probably won't be here for two and a half months or so, which is a bit of a bummer. But
1: Very disappointed in you.
0: You know, I tried so hard. I tried so hard. It just got so far. In the end, it didn't yeah. even matter, Cole. It didn't matter. just didn't even matter. So anyway, keep an eye out for those. Um, so I'm going to tell you a couple things about PlayStation and Bungie. Um and then I want to talk about that a little bit. So first of all, this week, they did announce that like $1.2 billion of that, I don't know, three point whatever billion dollar price is actually about um, talent retention. I mean, it really looks at the reason that Bungie was purchased by PlayStation was because they want the knowledge that Bungie possesses within its essentially workforce, which is interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, they're saying that there's going to be no layoffs, like everyone's going to keep their job and, and like, here's a raise. Um but the, the news that I'm thinking is interesting is, is PlayStation wants to launch more than 10 live service games by 2026. Um, now, when we say live service, we're talking Destiny. Destiny 2. How many? Uh, 10 hmm. in four years. Um, hey, just real quick. Name me 10...
1: Uh games of service games going now. That right. was of what point.
2: I'm thinking. Yeah. Like,
0: didn't we try this and find out that it was actually a really bad idea? <clears throat> like, I mean
2: I mean, I guess they figure that Bungie can do it. Right? Like But maybe only one. Why would you even make ten?
0: Right? It 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 seems to me that like live service was a huge like buzzword, like two years ago and then a bunch of them launched and just flopped because i I think that live service games just don't take into consideration there are people that on day two of your game are going to play all 90 hours of your content somehow like it's only been 48 hours but somehow they they managed to get all the way through your content and now are pissed because it's a live game where's their where's their new stuff um i mean i think it'd be way easier to to like list 10 live service games that failed um, than it is to to list 10 that are still going. I can do that. Right? But this is the, the, so Deep Silver, um, who makes uh, Bayonetta, I want to say, I think that's the name. Yeah. Deep Silver, yeah. I think. Is also saying, like their new CEO came in, he's like, I want to make a bunch of live service games. And I'm just like... Okay, that's cool, but does anyone actually talk to gamers and see if this is something they want? Because I I don't think it is. I'm really, I, I really don't think it is. We're gonna have live service games with NFTs. Yeah, right. I mean, like I don't want. An, there was a brief minute where I was like, "Oh, live service games; those seem pretty cool." And then I played two of them. And I was like, "No, I, who's got time for this?" You know, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I guess I guess we'll see. But that seems. Oddly ambitious um, and not very well thought out. Like I, 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 every time if Sony does something really dumb, I'm like, is this gonna be their their Sega Saturn? Is this like their, you know, the thing that's gonna kill them or their their Dreamcast, whichever you want to call the downfall of Sega? So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, Ten games in four years seems like a lot when they bought Bungie two days ago. So. Anyway, uh, as Colby said, PlayStation Five has now outsold uh, the Wii U, which again it's like what seventeen million. Like you know, it's not it's not a that wasn't a hard uh, wasn't a hard climb. But the Nintendo Switch outselling the the Nintendo Wii at a, a hundred million units is actually uh, very impressive. Apparently, is the fastest console to cross a hundred million units as well. So, um, you know, not not anything more than here or there but like that's I always think it's kind of interesting to see uh, these consoles I mean 100 million is a lot I mean times times 100 million times $300 <laughs> like that's a
1: it's 300 million and I'm not going to do that <laughs> math or check if that is correct
0: what is it is that 30 billion no. I don't know either. It's a lot, man. I'll tell you that. It's a whole lot. So, uh, you know, good good for the Switch. It's a it's a great system that deserves probably to have sold 100 million. It apparently needs to sell... It's sold 103.54 million. Um, I, you know, but it needs to sell like 153 million to outsell the Nintendo DS. So, I don't know. Nintendo's saying that the Switch is about halfway through its life, so conceivably could... Sell another 50 million units? Maybe? I don't know. Guess we'll see. Uh, GameStop. Speaking of companies that I wish would just die, um, GameStop is on the heels of being brought back to life by stonks. Stonks uh, is launching its own NFT marketplace this year in partnership with an Australian blockchain startup called Immutable X. Um GameStop has invested 100 million dollars into buying immutable X tokens that will grant uh content creators uh will grant creators uh, NFT content and technology. So uh, GameStop's getting into web 3.0 and the the metaverse, I don't know. They they have 20 full-time employees GameStop has 20 full-time employees working on NFTs and I'll bet you they are all insufferable Oh, every single one of them I (laughs) just anyway to back that up Uh, The folks at Itch.io, uh, again, uh, for some reason, I I don't know exactly the reason, but I have to issue a content warning every time we talk about a creator talking about NFTs because we're going to say the F word again. Uh, the folks from, uh, itch.io said, NFTs are a scam. If you think they are legitimately useful for anything other than the exploitation of creators, financial scams, and the destruction of the planet, we ask that you please reevaluate your life choices. Also, fuck any company that says they support creators and also NF- endorse NFTs in any way. They only care about their own profit and the opportunity for wealth above everyone else, especially given the now easily dis- available discourse concerning the problems of NFTs. So, uh... Ichio has a, a pretty strong feeling about nfts apparently good for them so don't uh, i don't know uh, but really colby what's the problem with nfts it's that we just don't understand them call just don't understand the ubisoft knows uh world of so so when i first saw this news i was they're like i'm like world of warcraft is coming to mobile this year and at first i was like dude that'd be awesome i would love to play warcraft with like a controller and uh, like my little mobile screen, like that'd be cool. And then I'm like, wait, but how do I, how do I get the like 38 macros that I need to play Warcraft effectively on the phone? <laughs> but like for, for just like this long, I was super excited about playing Warcraft on my phone. So that is not what is going to happen. Um, but Blizzard is is saying that they are planning on adding uh, Warcraft franchising to mobile. Um, unfortunately, that sounds like it's probably going to be like a Pokemon Go styled AR game. <laughs> so hell yeah, which is go collect my orcs. Which is man, what are the what are, what, are, what are the mud crab things called? Uh, uh,
1: or, or what about those uh, the little guys that start? Oh, I've got a got a, a pop of one of them.
0: They make a funny noise. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, I, I, that's fine. Um, although I would say also it seems like the time for mobile AR games was kind of like three or four years ago. Like the Harry Potter one shutting down in the next little bit. The Minecraft one already shut down, I believe. Like Pokemon Go is still going strong, but... Uh, that's a, that's about it. I going to Disney world. It's interesting to see how many people play Pokemon go at the parks. It's like something that I had not seen people doing for a while, but folks there are, are still into it. So, all right. Uh, Dylan, uh, you can't ask Vinny what, uh, what his question is because he is not here. Um, but you can ask Prime Fan what his would be if you he's uh I believe he's out from from your neck of the woods, so if you could do a stereotypical um Pacific Northwest accent, does
2: that exist? I'm good at this one. Hey yo. What question do you have for us this week?
0: That was good. That was really good. I, I yeah. will say, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, maybe. Um, but people in the Pacific Northwest do not have an accent with the exception
2: of... It's incredibly bland other than... Super bland. Yeah, bag.
0: Um, so I say (laughs) bag. Which I still don't... I
2: don't know. You'd have to explain this to me because I don't.
0: So, what I'll tell you is that we share an ex coworker that you did bathroom renovations for. Right. Next time you see her, try to get her to say bag. So I say bag normally. You say bag normally. Like... 40% Bag. 40% of people in, in the like Seattle area say it like it's spelled B-A-Y-G, bag. But that also means that they say things like bag baggles. <laughs> bag, baggles. Yeah. Okay. Um, Murlocks. M- murlocs. There you go. Magazines. It's the weirdest, like, huh. it's just like this weird A-G sound that is, it's not. More like egg. Egg, yeah. And then bag. Bag.
2: It's like. Bag.
0: Ba- B-A-I-G, maybe? Bag? I don't know it's it's super strange and it's not everyone and it's not like like I figured at first it was like people that live there but Dylan's lived there his entire life and he did not say it so I <laughs> yeah don't, maybe I don't
2: I don't like that doesn't even, I don't even notice that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's super strange to it's me. One of those but, things I, I'd have to pay attention I think, yeah. to. Ne-
0: next time you're there, you, I, I don't know how you're going to get it to do it. Like, hold up a bag and say, So, tell me, what is this? What is this? <laughs> should probably get self conscious. Probably won't work. Uh, all right. So, Prime fan uh, says, What is your opinion on Dungeons and Dragons? And I say, as a child of the 80s, it's what Satanists play in order to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. I will never forget, uh, in the middle of the like satanic panic around D&D, my mom, bless her heart, told me a story about her brother-in-law's brother, who like his his ADD character, his ADD character died, and he almost killed himself because it was it was you know such a big deal and i was just like oh my gosh that's terrible like why would you do that and now i even though that it was literally like a a relation i think that story was made up i like absolutely do so, not believe see. this
1: brother in law brother so the only person that could be like
0: it was one of dan's brothers yeah i was going to say it was, it could only be one of dan's brothers <laughs> but i'm like like i remember her telling me that and just like that's why we you know is you know like a little scary people just get so into it that you know it becomes part of their persona and so i'm like that's i can't believe that but i was like 10 so like you believe what your mom said <laughs> and, now saying. You're like, and now i'm like I that i can't believe that that sounds like somebody made up a weird lie <laughs> like like his brother was actually just depressed and suicidal and then blamed it on dnd <laughs> i don't know um i have i've i've only played a very small amount of D D um when I was in my teens. I think it is absolutely awesome and I wish I knew like people that played it. Or I wish that like Dylan and I were we were literally talking like we we're gonna get a group together, we're gonna play, it's gonna be great. And yeah. then the pandemic hit and it
2: never happened. So now the only thing stopping us is time zones. It, exactly.
0: Now I live so far away, but I like I need I think I might need just get Dylan to like give me D lessons so I can like start my own D. Um me and my kid and and like some of my Florida friends will will get together and we'll play D. So but I need I need like a I need a mentor. I need a D mentor. So right. um have you ever played D D call? Nope. All right. So however, there is an
1: amazing movie called Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> which stars Tom Hanks in his Wait, first really? <laughs> Star yeah. role. It's from 1982 and it is about pretty much the dangers of uh, d and yeah.
0: <laughs> I should watch this. Okay, so Dylan is actually our our resident D&D expert. So tell me everything everything you know about D&D, Dylan. Uh,
2: where to start? Um yeah, I I guess I play D or an approximation thereof twice a week at this point dang um we have a sunday game and a wednesday night game um and pretty much we're playing completely online which i don't like as much but it's kind of just the way things are yeah, yeah. Um, it has its benefits it has its drawbacks um so i mean D is still possible um even if you're in Florida and I am in Washington, but time zones can be a suck a mess they to <laughs> plan anything that's not really like on a weekend. Um, Do I you think. use
0: like roll twenty, or are you just skyping, um, or
2: I? So we chat over Discord, um, and I started using Foundry VTT, which is like roll twenty, but I don't want to hang myself when I use it. Oh, well, good. Um, I, I
0: hear that that's a danger when playing TNT. <laughs> I
2: don't like... I tried to use Roll20, and I just... It just made me irritated. Um, Foundry, on the other hand, is a newer like piece of software. Um, but I think it is already um, better. And it still has a learning curve. Um, but the amazing thing about... I don't know, these virtual tabletops is they do have a lot of power and the kind of limitless possibilities with what you can do with like dynamic lighting and weather effects. And you can make your game as visually interesting as you want, or you can use it as a dice roller. Um, and I kind of, when I'm playing um, it could be used for, I mean um, a variety of things, but um, I've started using, it for kind of the more in-depth map functions and using lighting and vision ranges and walls so you can open doors and, and move in the house and it kind of makes me and my buddy we're, we're chatting about it because we still very much like the in-person play like yeah. that's kind of what it's about it's like getting around the table with your friends um but of course when your friends are far away like it is a great option um but it's kind of it's neat that you can convey certain information so quickly just by sight right if you can see a map with your torchlight illuminating a certain part of the corridor and your token can't actually see any enemies or or it does see an enemy for example like you know that that's there versus if you run down the corridor and your torchlight no longer illuminates the enemy and it's in the darkness you lost sight of it right Um, so that's stuff that normally like the game master would have to describe to you but Um, You get a lot of that information visually in a VTT that you, you don't get. However, I think when you are online, like, the lag time for chatting, like especially if you're not using like a a video chats a little bit better because at least you can get visual cues. Just like if you are in a work meeting, yeah, yeah. Telling when people want to talk and stuff or not constantly talking over each other. Like that stuff's way better in person and able to kind of role play off of each other. Um, However, on a discord call, and that's why we do use discord because man, I've not been in any sort of video chatter that is as stable and, yep high quality as discord is agreed um anyway um dnd itself um i like it um i think i enjoy other role-playing games better what do you play uh, well right now we are playing a fifth edition Dungeons and dragons game sure. and we started playing a kind of a in quotations retro clone um so there's a lot of games that um, are inspired by older rules sure. of Dungeons & Dragons. So we're playing a game that's based off of the like 1981 version of Dungeons & Dragons. Interesting. Um, which is, is a complete 180 from what the current iteration of Dungeons & Dragons is. And to me, it's way more fun and exciting because it's not... It's not the same heroic fantasy as like Dungeons and Dragons is now, which is very much you are a nearly unkillable character once mm-hmm. you become level three, um, and the only danger you'll ever face is when you're like level one or two, when a goblin sure. might actually be able to kill you with an arrow. Yeah, yeah. Um. And but in like for example, one rule in the new in the most recent Dungeons and Dragons, you have death saving throws. For example, when you die. You're not dead. When you run out, when you go to zero hit points, you don't die. You roll, you have to fail three death saving throws before you make three death saving throws, where ones and twenties count as two. Um, So when we've played in various games, I've very rarely seen a character die in fifth edition. Um, In our old school game, if you run out of hit points, you're dead. Like there's no you you start the game with maybe 4 hit points and if you lose them that character's gone um unless you find some ma- magical intervention and can save it because the body is recent and intact um so so
0: does that person just have to just then sit and watch you guys play for the next 3 hours it's like a really boring game of ex- uh, exactly yeah. <laughs>
2: um not quite um because something else that like old D&D had that kind of newer Uh, games don't really focus on as much as like the idea of retainers so um, the old game is very much you hire people to come in the dungeon with you um, and in the case your character could die you you could take that character over um, to keep playing Um, but it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to kind of look back at at older iterations of the game and see what kind of inspires you um And for me, that's kind of like the lack of rules um, where I think over time the games become overwritten Mm -hmm. because they they create a rule for every situation. Right. Sure. And they've created so many classes with so many unique abilities that now if someone wants to do something that another class has an ability to do, by giving them the power to do that, you've now devalued this other thing that has a unique ability to do that, right? Sure. So you're constantly watching for that kind of stuff, whereas older versions of games did not have nearly as many rules, and it was very much up to your discretion of what a player wants to do and their ability to do that and whether you need to roll a dice. Um, And I think that's very freeing because... um, the judgments can be made with less mind to, are we stepping on something that later is going to come up again? And we're like, well that, well that, I guess that actually doesn't work with things. Re-. And of course you don't ever have to follow the rules. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's not really what it's about, but I think it's easier to, to fit in the spirit of the game a little bit um, when things aren't so overwritten. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So
0: that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, do you have any uh, like? Do you have any advice if someone wanted to to start playing D and D? Um, like if you like, I bought the like D and D starter kit, and it seemed like actually right. a really good way to get going on it. Um, I just don't know enough people that play. Like, it seems like the D and D starter <laughs> kit like requires like uh, a DM plus like three or four people. So if you don't have like
2: right you know um so is that i guess it is that
0: common is 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 it common to need four or five people
2: sort of Uh, i'll give a multi-part answer to that question one that starter set is great the adventure in it is probably one of the best like pre-written adventures they've done um in Mm -hmm. the current version of the game and yes it probably does need a a game master and probably three players at least sure um i think three to four is kind of the sweet spot um they also put out a product called the essentials kit Mm -hmm. which is also a starter kit that i think comes with a couple extra dice so whereas the you get like a a seven die set, which is typical. This one gives you a couple extra D sixes and an extra D 20, which is needed when you roll for advantage and things. Sure. Um, and those are common dice that you would need more of. Right. Um, and it also gives you a little bit, I think a little bit thicker of a rule book that has most of the core rules in it, but it's basically the same thing. And it also has another starting adventure. Um, But it also contains rules for playing with hirelings. Oh, interesting. So it's actually a product they put out in mind that you could play with just your kid. Oh. And he could have a hireling and has rules on how to run them. Oh. Um, Now, would it be better with three people? Probably. Probably. But it it very much has this in mind to have a little wizard that follows you around, where the the player who is actually playing the character still has the spotlight, but they have a friend with them that can help them. So it's not just one versus a band of goblins. Sure, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. you and your wizard friend. Um, can get into shenanigans um so that's a pretty cool product i haven't actually tested those rules that sounds cool um there's also i mean um yeah i mean i guess that's probably the easiest way to answer that question for Dungeons and dragons specifically yeah um the other piece of advice is i don't know just try to play yeah um just because i don't know if i'd let yeah, it's kind of like having just one person to play with might be kind of tough, but if you could even get two people together, yeah. I think you I think you'd have you'd you'd get at least a little bit more out of it. Um and at the same time, like I'd always be happy to do even a one-off game where yeah. we all spend a couple hours on a weekend and play and then you're like, "Okay, I get this, we like this." And then you can go from there or something too. So because um, I know, like, never having done it before, having done it very little, it's like, what what does this even look like? Right. I don't know, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, overall, it, it's a great time, though. That's um, awesome. That's really cool.
0: That is good. Um, Colby left for a minute and then came back, and I think he's just wearing um, uh, John Goodman's glasses from The Big Lebowski. Is see, that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah. I, I don't...
1: They're my, they're my, they're my Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: that that would also that would also work. Um, anyway, th- that's that's how things work in this podcast. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dylan. I appreciate that. That's actually a really yeah. good, a really good intro to D i am I'm gonna have to check that out because I could probably get two people. Like I could I could get my kid and I could probably force my wife to play. So right. we can we we'll have. I mean, a, it
2: might. I mean, you might end up having more fun than you expect. Yeah. So get some hirelings. Um, well, it's definitely something I think. Not dude go back in a tangent the opposite direction, but um, I've introduced most of the people I play with regularly. Um, I guess that's kind of changed now, maybe just because we've been playing a little bit longer, but most of the people I've played with had never played before. Interesting. Um, And that was their first chance and then a couple people have kind of played occasionally here and there and almost everyone has really 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 enjoyed it that's cool like um no one's no one's ever been like huh and never came back right yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost been universally like really enjoyed um and everyone wants to play again that's um, awesome even having never done it before or, or having barely an idea of what what it is other than maybe from the pop culture like you've seen the artwork um you know kind of what it is yeah you know it's probably been parodied in various cartoons like but very cool very very cool uh
0: all right next question we have from rich he says uh, i could probably make rich can play D with me too uh, what do you feel makes for a more visually stunning game hand drawn or he says CGI, but I think we just mean, you know, a traditionally uh, computer, you know, like a, probably like a, a 3d rendered game, I guess would, would be what we'd say. Um, I think they're all computer graphics in, uh, in this case. So what do you guys think? Do you have a, do you have a, a preference of one or the other? Do you think one is more visually stunning than the other? Man, um, like
1: all of the Thunder Lotus games look amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like, he just, and I think that actually could be why he, uh, is that? Yeah, he 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 Joe Joe um, I would say for me, um, as we get to the point where games, like games aren't photorealistic in any way, but games are shockingly realistic these days. Like a, a good looking game can be incredibly good looking. Um, those all to me just get kind of lumped into it. like, oh yeah, they all look great. Um whereas a game with a really distinctive, like like the hand drawn art style of the of the um uh shoot, I'm drawing a blank on all their other games too, call. Um, help me out here. Spirit Spiritfarer. Spirit um, uh, That other one.
1: Jotun and one that I yeah, remember. good
0: Metroidvania game. Anyway, like those are are shockingly gorgeous. Um, even like Colby and I played Cuphead. Cuphead, um, Kingdoms, Kingdoms Two Crowns. Is that what's called Kingdom? No, no, uh, Kingdom. Uh, oh yeah,
1: Kingdom Two. Crowns. Like Sundered. That was the one. yeah, Sundered.
0: Uh, Kingdoms Two Crowns is a is a pixel art game, and like at first you're like, how oh, this game is kind of blocky pixels, and then you're like, man, look at the foregrounds, look at the backgrounds, like look at look at how well they used pixels to represent. Different things, Um, you know. I'm really, I'm really leaning. Like, I, I don't need pixel games because they're some sort of like indie, you know, hipster whatever. I just, and it's, it's probably not even nostalgia really, because I'm not necessarily like I don't go back and play NES and SNES games. Like, I'm not nostalgic for them. But I think that like a really well art directed game is going to be more visually interesting to me than. Uh, uh, you know, another game that looks like Call of Duty. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? But what about something like Ori? Oh, God, Ori's so good. God, that game's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, And, and I mean, you know, uh, uh, that is just an animated 2D. I mean, they're probably all 3D, really. But I, maybe maybe it has more to do with art direction than realism, I guess. Because he didn't say 3D. He just yeah, said CG. hand-drawn art yeah. or CGI. So. yeah. Uh I think maybe maybe that is correct. Maybe it has to do with more with how uh how a game is art directed than how yeah. I don't know.
1: Like, I I their, their visual style, like I mean because you know, games that are hand drawn can look, you know, incredible. Games that are, you know, everything else
0: can also look incredible. Yeah, one of the games that came out We like them all rich. Yeah. One of the games that came out last week, I think, on on Game Passes, or it actually comes out uh, this week. It actually probably comes out the day this podcast comes out. It's called Crossfire X. And it's it's the, like Colby was saying earlier, it's the, uh, you know, finally a good game coming out on Game Pass that I actually want to play instead of all these, you know, stupid indie pixel art games. And I, I watched Crossfire X, the video of it, and like literally got about 45 seconds into it and said, eh, this game looks just... I mean it's gorgeous, visually beautiful, but it's so generic looking. It looks like every other Call of Duty game out there. Like there's nothing about that game that makes me want to even think about playing. I mean, frankly, I think Fortnite does a better job at like getting me to want to play a game because it's at least unique looking. Like there's something there's something there. So I don't know. I just I don't need to play another military shooter, I guess is is the uh the long and short of it. So What do you think, Dylan? I mean, I, what's what's your jam?
2: I think I pretty much agree with it. entirely um i think i think part of the struggle is the better a game looks i don't know it's almost like the worse it looks sometimes because it has that an uncanny valley kind of like it's never going to be real but the closer it looks it's kind of makes it weirder i don't know um and there's all and on top of that um there's always something that's not going to look as good, like the Wookiee or (laughs) the grass or something that just stands out like a sore thumb um, when everything else looks good. And you're like, well, why does that look like that? Yeah. Um, Whereas a game that does not take the capabilities of those kinds of animation styles can make every little detail look fantastic and then when all of it is fantastic it looks like a nice buttoned up present yeah um, that is very much designed to look that way and and there's not necessarily a weak spot because the background's beautiful the foregrounds beautiful the characters are beautiful every little piece of it like is meant to be there um, and things like fortnite, Um, Or like Sea of Thieves, for example, those games can be gorgeous, even though they're not they're not trying to be photorealistic. Like Sea of Thieves is like the best looking water ever, ever. Right. And and it has this kind of cartoony appearance and the game is just beautiful because of it. Um, And that world is its own kind of world. And you don't you don't really go around thinking. Oh, that grass looks bad and (laughs) like, cause it doesn't like it all kind of fits together. And I don't think it, I don't look at realistic military shooter number two and say that game looks better. I'm going to play that. Like, that's just not something that I, I don't really ever consider. Um, And I think because of that, those games suffer by being so samey because the gameplay is not really changing the graphics aren't really changing there probably was a time when the graphics jumped enough where we're like oh i kind of want to play that because that does look really good but i don't think we we don't have that anymore that's kind of a thing of the past um and even playing games that i don't know are a few years old they're fine like it looks fine um you're not like, I'm not like blown away or like, oh, that game's four years old. It looks terrible now because everything looks so good. Um, that leap is just not quite, it's way more incremental than it is yeah leaps and bounds. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I uh, And I think you really nailed it. I think it's so often the foliage in, in modern games. Like Far Cry 6. Oh, it's, it's the worst. Yeah, beautiful game,
2: but... The, the bush—they can't figure out how to make a bush. Yeah, it's
0: like, really, really difficult to make those. Which kinds I of...
2: understand completely. That like those things can pose incredible challenges, but yep. it it makes a difference when I don't know the world seems like the character models look so good and the bush just doesn't. Yeah, well, or it's like two dimensional bush like. From one angle, that's invisible. I don't know. Yeah,
0: especially when you start running into them, like they don't seem to scale very well, like with speed. I, I it's it's always that that does it for me. So, I don't know. It's uh, I I I'm just not excited by those games these days. I mean, literally, Colby sent you know he's talking about uh, uh, Elijah earlier, and I like went to him and I'm like, ooh, this is really interesting looking. And I mean, it's made out of Legos. It looks like <laughs> you know, but it's interesting Legos. So, I don't know uh cheap free games we've got uh epic games this week is a game called windbound that actually looks really cool um uh the the description's not great the forbidden islands are calling unlock their secrets um shipwrecked on an island uh you explore adapt and navigate the lands and perilous seas to stay alive so it's a kind of a survival gathering game where you uh try and get back to where you're going but there's a lot of ocean-y stuff and islandy stuff. It looks really fun. It's actually a game that I've been kind of keeping an eye on for a while, so take a look at that. Uh, game Pass on February 10th has Besiege coming to cloud console and PC. It's uh, that physics building game we talked about last time where you build um, essentially siege machines to try and break down castles. Um, the aforementioned Crossfire X, um, which to me is just a really, really generic-looking game um, Military shooter. Uh, I did hear that the uh, the missions were designed by Remedy though, so if that's your thing, maybe maybe it'll work for you. Um, Edge of Eternity is coming to Cloud Console and PC on February 10th as well. Uh, this is a kind of a it's a JRPG turn based game. Um, it definitely did not look like anything I want to play, but if that's your thing, maybe maybe you would. Uh, Skull the Hero Slayer is a fast paced action rogue rogue light. Um, where you can actually switch characters by getting a new head. Uh, kind of an interesting mechanic. That that sounds like something you might want to play for an hour or two, Cole. Uh, yeah. The Last Kids on Earth and, Earth and the Staff of Doom, like we said last time, that is a video game based on a Netflix series based on a series of books uh, coming out February 10th on Cloud Console and PC. Looks good. Beat up zombies as a kid using um, some sort of... Uh, sword bat thing look, looked fun uh, Arc Ultimate Survivor Edition Survivor Edition is coming to cloud Console on PC February 14th so you and your valentine can play some arc ride some dinosaurs um, act yeah, yourself, yourself um, and then look very concerned about it I I, I don't know uh, but then pick it up and use it as fertilizer I guess Infernax uh, February 14th as well uh, it is a I don't remember about this one uh, it's the adventure of a great knight who returns to his homeland only to find it plagued by unholy magic. Well, in your quest to find in there, so, yeah, right, who hasn't had that happen? Well, in your quest to find and destroy the source of the corruption by any means necessary, you'll face ruthless creatures, dangerous beasts, and precarious terrain. Oh, I, I do remember this. I, I forget about this game every time. It's it's kind of pixely. It looks all right. Um... And let's see, T- Dylan, February 17th can play Total War Warhammer 3 on PC. Mm-hmm. Woo! And I don't think Shredders has a release date yet, which is making me think that uh, as much as they say it's coming out in February, mm, May- oh, it, it's been pushed to March 17th, so <laughs> you, you will probably not be playing that game for free in February. But maybe I, it, this is a leak, so who knows? Uh, new snowboarding game coming maybe in February, but probably in March. So that is it for this. Oh no, actually I, we've got a we've got a, a humble bundle that we want to talk about too. This is uh it is the um it's that F word again. I'm not I only say it one per episode. We we have to keep this PG thirteen rated. Is that how it works? I can say it once per episode and get a PG thirteen rating, I believe. Um I was watching a Christmas movie the other day. Um, because I've been watching a bunch of terrible Christmas movies lately, and instead of Suicide Squad, um, and uh, it was just this like very like romantic comedy Christmas movie, and they dropped the f bomb like six times in it. It was super weird. <laughs> it was really strange. Like, were you just watching bad? Santa I was Club? not. It was. It was. Uh, John Ritter was there I mean, literally it's one of those those stories where I might not have been a Christmas movie maybe it was I I don't remember but you know the setup was a guy
1: (laughs) Cliff was just watching Die Hard a guy is
0: driving to his driving his car to his friend's wedding and like on the way there uh, they call like hey could you pick up one of the bridesmaids she's like on the way And he gets there and realizes that it's a girl that he dated in high school, in uh, college. They went on one date and it ended terribly. Um, And so, like everything just goes downhill. But she's like, "Can we play some music?" And and he hands her the the aux cable and she plugs it in, and it's like this hip hop song. And she's just like singing along with it, like "F this, do 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 do." I'm like, "Why? Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you put that in your movie?" But it's this doesn't sound like a Christmas movie clip. I can't remember. if it was a Christmas movie. It seems like I had nothing you said. It seemed like I had a Christmas <laughs> twist to it, though. Like, man, Cole, you don't you don't need that much to to make a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie. It just has to happen at Christmas. And it turns out that man was. It Jesus. was exactly that. Um, anyway, it's, it's that F word cancer bundle. Like I think we can all agree that cancer sucks. I'm a, I'm a big, not fan of it. Um, this is a humble bundle to celebrate, uh, the head of Starbreeze studio, Mikhail Nernmark, who died of brain cancer last year, I believe. Um, for 10 bucks, uh, you can get a bunch of really good games. Uh, and it's like $10 is, is the, the top end of this. So you can get world wars, the aftermath, which is a great game. Dead by daylight. Um, which I've never played, but people seem to like Um, payday two, which Colby and I played a bunch of and really enjoyed Um, magicka, which I've tried to get to work on my computer like 45 times and never could Um, dungeons of the endless, which I've heard is great. Uh, The hunter, which Colby's put like, I don't know, 400 hours into. Um, So you could pay 10 bucks for that. You can finally put it on your PC. Um, Little nightmares it's on Game Pass. <laughs> uh, Little nightmares, which is a really fun horror game. It wasn't my favorite one, but it was good. Um, Homeworlds Desert of the Karak, um, which I, I don't know could be fine. And then the Homeworld Remastered Collection. I've not played either of those. actually hear Homeworlds is really good. It's like a 3D um, strategy game. Um, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is really fun. Um, Peppy's Adventure, which I don't know anything about, but it has an adorable rabbit. Uh, Red Faction Armageddon. You've played some of the Red Faction games, haven't you, Cole?
1: No. no. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. Maybe. Those are the... Re- the the mars ones, sure right? mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then uh yeah, okay then yeah hamilton's great adventures which i i couldn't tell you anything about but hamilton looks like a, a upstanding guy so 10 bucks you can get all those games go over to humblebundle.com and pick those up now we're done so that is the podcast for this week unless you were you know colby want to talk about more stuff dylan is there anything you want to like get off your chest i don't think so if you watched any bad christmas movies lately
2: Definitely not. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, we I try not to. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably best.
0: <laughs> Actively, it's uh, it's it's kind of a hobby that Brooke and I have. So yeah, it's all good. Uh, anyway, you can go to bite com and uh, see more about us. That's where that's where all these episodes live if you're, if you're like if this is the first time you're listening, you can go to uh, go to bite me podcast and listen to some back episodes or you could just go to like Apple Music or Spotify those things would work too Apple podcasts and Spotify listen to them there uh, You can follow us on social media at facebook.com twitter.com and instagram.com/ bite me podcast. I posted on Instagram this week. aren't you impressed? Um, it was the first post since like episode 150 so it's it's Woo. it's been a while uh you can f- let's see what could you do you could f- be a patron by going to patreon.com slash bite me podcast you could join our discord by going to bite me podcast.com slash discord or you could join our extra life team placing games with us in october november sometime this early winter by going to bite me podcast.com slash extra life dylan Hide me. Try me.